So good to be back here with my church family. It's so good. Um, I'm very proud of all of you. You did a wonderful job with the Merry Christmas thing. I just love the unity and love that's in this place. Thankful to Jean and all of her leadership there. Um, uh, I want to welcome our people that are online today. Welcome back today. I'm sorry the last couple weeks we've had trouble getting online, but I'm glad that you're with us today. And if you've not met me before, my name is Ken. I'm the, the pastor here at Crosswinds. And uh, 20 days ago, I had a double knee replacement surgery. Um, and before that, I was two weeks in Africa on mission. And I've missed you all. I, I definitely have missed you all. Um, I know I've been here very spottily over the last uh, month or so. And I'm so thankful today for the opportunity to share Jesus with you. My wife gave me grace and let me come today. <laughs> but she has very strict boundaries for me today, so <laughs> don't get in her way. <laughs> you know, today we're starting a new series, uh, Forward in Faith and Faithfulness. And, and friends, it's time for us to move forward as a church family in 2023. And, and we're going to do that by faith in who God is and our faithfulness to him and his word. And, and this series was inspired by a conversation and, and some comments from our treasurer and our steward, stewardship team this year. Um, our treasurer wanted me to, to share my vision going forward a, as a church. And as I, I started to pray about it, I thought about it, I thought, why? Why? Doesn't he know? Don't they, doesn't the congregation know by now? You know, I, I share a vision constantly. Sometimes it, it, it's subtle, and sometimes it's not so subtle, honestly. Um, but what I have learned is you can't fail to over-communicate. You can't fail to over-communicate, especially when it comes to vision. Vision is something that needs to constantly be put in front of us because day-to-day life distracts us all from the vision that God has for us. And, and our vision, friends, is not about my vision. It's not about my vision for this church. Friends, we are to fulfill God's vision for this church. You know, I helped start this church 17 years ago, and we designed it to operate biblically so we could fulfill God's vision for his church. And, and I believe, and we believe as a church, that God's vision of his churches is summed up in, in, in two verses from the Bible. First, Mark 12, 29 through 31, the great commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And then also Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And all authority on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, friends, if we're going to be successful as a church, those are the things we must do. We must do. You know, 17 years ago, we, we came up with a vision or a, a mission statement for our church to help us keep those things in focus in our hearts. And I have a candy bar here for the first person that can raise their hand and, and, and say our mission. 
Devin? Don't put it on the screen back there. Don't let them cheat. That was pretty close. You get half a candy bar. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give this to Devin because she tried. Give her a big hand, and she was close. And I've got two more here because I thought I'd be giving some out, but I kind of had a feeling that this might happen because I think this is part of the problem sometimes is the vision. So Pastor Ken gets to eat two candy bars later. <laughs> but I'll have some here next week. <laughs> See, our vision statement is this. It's helping every family discover God, his love, and his ways. I want you to please say it with me. Now you can put it on the screen. Helping every family discover God, his love, and his ways. One more time, together. Helping every family discover God, his love, and his ways. Now, I will have two different candy bars next week because I'll probably eat these two. But... I'll have some more, <laughs> and I better, be, I want to give them away, okay? So um, I, I want to give them away, and I plan to preach on each word of our mission statement over the next six or seven weeks so that you guys know it, because it's not, the point is not having a mission, it's, it's knowing the mission, it's having the mission in, in our heart, and today I am, with the word is helping, or help every family, I'm going to help you know God's vision for his church. And your job is to teach other new disciples his vision for his church. Now, friends, I want to ask you, how can you do that if you don't know it? How can you do that if you don't know it? And so we need to know it. We need to know that what we're doing as a church. Now, there, there's a, there could be a reason why you, you don't, nobody here had the vision down. There could be a reason why you don't know the vision for the church. Or it's because maybe you have a different vision for the church. Are you waiting for our church to line up with your vision for the church? Or, you know, because not every church follows a biblical vision. You may want us to be more like the church you grew up in. Because that church is, is more comfortable to you. It's, it's got sentimental things, religious things that are, are comfortable to you. Or, or maybe you're looking at a bigger church down the street and, and that church seems more shiny and you want us to have a fancy vision like they have. Or, 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 or you have a, a vision for the church about what's important to you or what's, what's comfortable to you. See, those are the reasons why we don't know the vision because we hear the vision, we, that goes out of our brain because we have our own vision. But it's not about my vision, it's not about your vision, it's about what is God's vision for the church. And honestly, since we started the church 17 years ago, it's been a constant struggle, a constant battle because um, most people that come into the church have their own vision for what they want the church to be. And, and they don't even hear the vision when we preach it over and over again. When we talk about it over and over again. But like I said, it's not my vision. It's not about your vision. It's, it's about God's vision for the church. To, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, 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 and love our neighbor as ourselves. And to go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Always to the very end of the age. 
Ask yourself, do you know the great commandment, which is love Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself? Do you know the great commission? Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, always to the very end of the age. It's important we know this. There was a survey a couple years ago, and like 3% of the people in the churches across the country knew what those two things were. And Jesus commanded us foremost, for, first and foremost to do those two things. And if we don't know those two things, how are we going to do those two things? And this is why the church in America is not growing the way it needs to grow. It's because we, we get focused on other visions. We get focused on what's shiny. And, and, and we don't need a new vision. John, John preached a message. I listened to the, other day, the first message of Crossroads Church 17 years. It was a, a new vision for a new year. And it was when we started the church. It was nothing new. It was the same old vision. Same old vision Jesus gave his disciples. I'm not here to give you something new. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm here to teach you to obey his vision for his church. When I disciple somebody each week, I ask them the same questions. I ask them the questions about the week prior. How was following Jesus this week? That's obeying the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then I ask him, how was fishing, which is the great commission, go make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, always to the very end. You know, I don't need to read that. It's in my heart. God's given us a mission. Discipleship is productive when we evaluate our progress based on biblical principle. See, we can all be distracted by the next new shiny thing, by the next new program, by the next new toy, the next new piece of technology. But friends, that's not what builds the church. What builds the church is doing the do, which is a great commandment and the great commission. As we start 2023, I want you to ask yourself some important questions. Was I following last year? Did I learn to love God more? Did I learn to love others more? Am I, am I practicing forgiveness and mercy and love towards others more? Did I, did I learn to love myself more the way that God loves me? Am I following? And if, you're, if not, are, are you being faithful to God's vision for his church? Because we are to be the church. And, and what are you personally going to change this year to come into alignment with God's vision, not your vision for the church? Friends, how was fishing last year? How was fishing? D- did you go through your days looking for opportunities to have gospel conversations with other people? Were you, were you casting, at least? Were you, were you out near the pond? Did, did, did you intentionally seek to build relationships with non-believers? Did you intentionally try to get to know your neighbors? Uh, were you part of this team trying uh, to help people into God's family? Were you, were you doing things? We had a great team over the Christmas uh, program. We had everybody as a big team. It was great to see everybody working as a team to make that happen. We had 80 people show up um, that night or more because everybody was working as a team. Were you part of the team for the whole year? Were you part of the team inviting people and bringing people to church and, and discipling people? Were, were you working at teaching other people to obey Jesus' commands. Did, did you accept the authority, all authority that has been given to you to do that? 
Have you accepted that he's authorized you, that, that it doesn't take Pastor Ken to do this, but that he says all authority has been given to me. He says, therefore, go. And he's talking to you, not to me. He's talking to all of us to go. Did you take on that authority? He's authorized you. And if not, and, and you're just coming to church every week, are, are you operating based on a biblical vision or on your own vision? See, the biblical vision has never been to come sit at church and learn things so you can have a better life. That's not the biblical vision for what church is about. Not make things better for me and my children. The biblical vision is to be transformed into a lover of God, primarily a lover of God and a lover of others and a lover of self. And when that happens in your life, you naturally fish. You can't help but fishing. And I've been not able to get out and do any fishing the last couple weeks, and I've been fishing. My physical therapist came over. We're talking about Jesus. Nurses, I'm trying to talk to them about Jesus as they're taking my catheter out. Whatever. I'm talking about Jesus, right? It's part of your life. It's not hard. When you love God, it flows out of you. Jesus said, come all to me who thirst and drink, and out of your hearts will flow rivers of living water. That's a perfect picture of evangelism. When we drink him in, we pour him out to others. Your life becomes bait to attract fish when you're soaking him in. The fish of the other people will want to get in your boat or be part of your life if you're in the boat with Jesus. Some of you might be saying, Pastor Ken, what you're saying is so basic. I've heard it all before. I've heard you say that before. But friends, it's our faithfulness to the basics that will help this church grow. It's a faithfulness to the basics that will help us hit our budget. It's a faithfulness to the basics that will help us do all the things that God wants us to do. It's, it's our faithfulness. See, ministry is about faithfulness. It doesn't matter how big this place is. We could be ten times the size. It wouldn't matter if we were not faithful. We need to be faithful to what God has called us to do. Vince Lombardi once led a bunch of professional football players to victory by reteaching them the basics. He started his, his talk by saying to his team and holding up a, a football and saying, this is a football. Now, he wasn't saying that to a bunch of novices and people that didn't know anything. He was saying this to trained professional football players. This is a football. But that's how they had a winning season as they came down to the basics. Friends, operating under a biblical vision for the church is the football. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission are the football. The deacons are going to pass out some cards to you right now. They're on the back table if I can get my deacons to do this. Okay. Does everybody get one? Okay, good. Awesome. They're on task. <laughs> I have an assignment. You know, it's simple. Everything we do as a church this year, we must ask ourselves, are we following and are we fishing? And so I have an assignment for everybody this week. Is take this card and don't put it in your wallet. I want you to stick it on your visor of your car. I want you to stick it on your refrigerator. I want you to stick it on your mirror, wherever you do most time. If you brush your teeth a long time, put it on your mirror. If you drive a lot, put it on your car. I want you to know this mission statement when you come back here next week. And on the back are the two verses that they come from. And I want you to memorize these verses. Now, we're going to do this for six weeks. So this next week, your task is to memorize the first one. Hero Israel, love the Lord your God. Your, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the second, or the second is this, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Memorize that. 
The way you memorize is simple. Meditate on it every day. Every day, read that verse. Every day this week. Can you do that? Read it twice. Take you five minutes. But I tell you, that would move our church forward. That would get into your heart. So this week, that's your assignment. You got homework this week. Okay? That's your assignment. And I might ask somebody to do it. You can win a chocolate bar. I got it down. <laughs> Maybe I'm get bigger chocolate bars. Okay. Um, I want you to do it every day, though. See, faithfulness is, is developing a character. See, the reason I witness when I'm hurting and I'm sick is my character, too. It's become habit. Habit is, is character. We have bad habits or we have good habits. In 2023, let's start with the good habits. Let us become the character of our lives to be followers and fishers. Um, excuse you. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. I love hearing you. Uh, <laughs> you know, friends, I want to tell you, um, fulfilling spiritual lives are not found in knowledge. It's found in obedience to what God has asked us to do. Your life will be fulfilling this week if you're obedient to what I just asked you to do, what I believe God wants you to do. If, if you are obedient, that's better than having all the knowledge in the world. That's where your fulfilling life comes. I, I, if you want to see your life change and you want to see this church change for the better this year, th then just do what I'm asking you to do. Do the do. Just do what I'm asking you to do. Memorize and meditate on these scriptures. The, the Bible tells us this, that the man or woman who, who meditates on the scriptures is prosperous and successful in everything they do. So this is going to give great benefit to your life to bring God's word deeper into your life. Friends, it's time not for a new vision. It's time to master the basics and, and be faithful to God's vision for us. See, God's power will be released when all of us start doing these things in unity together. There's great power when we're all on the same page doing the same things together. So that's what happened in the book of Acts. Go back and read the book of Acts in chapter 1 and 2, and you see that the church, they were all together. They were one accord of everything that they did, and, and the church, God just added to the numbers of that church. And I see that about to happen here at Crosswinds. I just see the unity and the love that's building here. And if we're just faithful to God, he will make this place grow. Just do the do. And we'll see explosive growth over this next year. Friends, over the last two weeks in my personal life, I've been going back to the basics. I had to relearn how to walk. My knees had become so damaged and so twisted, I no longer knew how to walk correctly. Andres, I look taller now because <laughs> my knees are straight. They were so messed up before. And um, every day over the past two weeks, I had a physical therapist. She's been coming over and teaching me basic things so that the quality of my life can improve. How to stand up. How, how, to, how to sit down. How, how to take a single step correctly. And I'm happy to report after, you know, these past two weeks, I'm six or seven days ahead of where I should be because I've been faithful to what she's been asking me to do. Simply because I've been faithful to the basics. Not running a marathon, but I'm faithful to the basics and putting one foot in front of the other. I interesting, one thing I learned about all this is I never had to, knew how to do those things before. 
58 years old. I never knew how to do those things before. If you asked me, though, I would tell you I know how to sit. Uh, I know how to stand up. I know how to walk. But the reality is I spent my whole life throwing my body around like a missile in every direction, destroying my body and often furniture. <laughs> Jason's laughing because he knows it's true. <laughs> He's watched me. He's a physical therapist. He understands this. Um, I did not sit in chairs. I flopped into chairs. I just kind of fell onto the couch. You know, um, I did gymnastics when I was a kid. I used to flips into the couch. Ask my mom. Uh, that's just how I got into chairs. I, <laughs> I did not stand up. I muscled my way to vertical. Let me show you. I've learned how to stand correctly. It, it's really going to be impressive. Thank you, Jason, right? <laughs> that doesn't hurt. The way I used to, you know, that hurt. I, I'm learning basics, right? Like basic things. And um, uh, walking is simply keeping forward motion you know, that's what I used to do. Just my legs were trying to keep up with where I was going. And now I'm learning that they were designed to walk in a certain way so that I don't continue to injure myself. Right? Um, be, fair, be careful, friends, because now I can sneak up on you. <laughs> I couldn't before. There's no way I could have snuck up on you before. You could have heard me coming. I, I didn't sneak. Pastor Khan stomped through life. Made a lot of noise. My wife's shaking her head because <laughs> she heard me every morning. Um, but because of the trauma done to my legs during surgery, I had to learn how to move correctly so I would not continue to hurt myself through life. I'm finding there are much more efficient ways to do things that I thought I already knew how to do. Brothers and sisters, it's been really good for me to go back to the basics because now my body will operate much more efficiently going forward. Friends, I want me to, you to think of me over the next couple weeks as your spiritual therapist. And I'm going to help you to take little basic steps with me so we can run together as a body, as the body of Christ. And we can be successful and joyful this year in how God moves us forward. I think if you approach these messages like I did my physical therapy to humbly learn how to walk again, you'll find much joy in the new adventures that God will have for us in your new spiritual legs. You know, my physical and occupational therapist gave me tools and they gave me techniques to help me be successful in everyday life. I learned techniques of how to get out of a chair without pain. See, some of you have been hurt trying to share your faith because you didn't have the right techniques. You didn't have the right methods. And... Um, I can teach you some of the basic things and how to fish so that it's more effective and more fun and more fruitful and more enjoyable. You know, in, in, in Kenya, we had a bunch of women never shared their faith before or done it successfully, and, you know, I gave them a quick lesson. The next day, they were champs. They were doing a great job sharing with people. There's a way to do things, and, and, and we can teach you how to do it. You know, my therapist taught me to put my socks on, how to get in the shower, how to use the toilet and, and get food. And all that, those things have made my life more enjoyable over the last couple of weeks. You know, many of you get confused trying to read God's word. You know, we can teach you how to do that so it will be productive and it will enhance your everyday life because you will know how to feed and care for your own soul. 
And when you do that, you will know how to care for and feed other people's souls as well. You know, I was very blessed to have my physical therapist. Um, she, you know, she came almost every day over the past couple of weeks to help motivate me and, and to give me accountability. And I would not have healed this well without her. In your spiritual life, you know, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what kind of trauma you're going through or what you've been through, but you will need to meet a more experienced disciple. Meet with them daily, maybe. Maybe meet with them weekly. Maybe meet with them monthly to learn how to walk better in God's perfect design for your life. We all need that discipleship. Hey, friends, if you want to be discipled right now, it's a good time. I'm available. I can't come to you, but my door will be open. I'll, I don't care if it's 6 in the morning. I'll disciple people all day long. I, I just may sit in an easy chair, but I can do it. I can do it with you over Zoom. Now's a great time. I'm not running around as much as I used to. You can run with me. So call me. I'm ready to disciple you, help you to run. I can help you walk stronger, safer, and longer through life. And it's not just me. There's others here that I have spent the last few years training, like Jason and, and our deacons and other people. They, they're willing to w- walk with you as well. And so we, we can, you know, have people that say, hey, you know, uh, you know, my email, if you don't know it, is ken at xwinschurch.org. Write it down. Email me. I'll, I'll get you connected. There's many spiritual therapists here that can disciple you, even at your home. Some of them can get to your home. You know, I've not gotten a bill from my physical therapist yet. But I'm sure it's cost me quite a bit, or at least my insurance company. But your spiritual therapy at Crosswinds here is absolutely free. Just You just have to say, I need the help. That's all you need to do. And it's of great value because with the, the way you're going to learn to walk is to learn how to walk eternally, forever with God. Jesus told us that we are to make disciples. That involves training. You have to be trained so that you can train others. So first, you have to be trained. Helping every family, we first have to be helped to help others. Does that make sense? We have to be helped to help others. See, the mission starts with the word helping. To help others, we first need to be helped. Friends, sometimes it's not easy to let yourself be helped. That's not easy to let yourself be helped. It can be humbling. It can be uncomfortable. Think how uncomfortable it is to have somebody teach you how to sit on a toilet. That's uncomfortable, but, but we need the help, right? We, we need the help. And here's the other reality is I like to be naughty. I do. Um, I like to do things my way. That's why my wife is here, counting the time right now back there that I can be up here. But my physical therapist and my wife and other people help me to do things correctly so that I did them in the safe way because they care about me. That's what discipling is. That's what discipling is. See, we care about you, and so we want to walk with you and help you live this life safely because we can all live it unsafely because we're all naughty, like me. We want to do it our way. Most of our life, we want to do it our way. And when we do it our way, what, you know what happens? We end up hurt. And we end up broken because we've done it our way, like me. And how I was sitting and how I was standing 
The more I muscled things in my own way, the more I hurt myself, and ultimately I was hurting others because of it. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, and it leads to death. But friends, I have learned if I will turn, which is the word repentance, and, and start doing it God's way instead of my own way, I will find recovery and healing in my life. One way we help is by offering to help each other, both in accountability and encouragement. In the last couple weeks, I needed someone to say, hey, Ken, that's too big a step right now. Hey, Ken, don't try to spin around your walker. Ken, take a shorter step because I might fall and get hurt worse more or hurt, get hurt worse. See, my challenge right now is not my healing. It's, it's not being naughty. Because I'm ready to start running, and I need to be reminded that I'm not ready. <laughs> right? Um, I also need to hear, hey, you're doing great. Hey, you're ahead of your, your place. Hey, you're, you're, doing, you know, you're doing it right. And I need that encouragement, and so do you. That's what you need as a disciple. You need somebody to encourage you and say, hey, you're doing that right. But also, hey, hey you're going too fast with that. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be dating right now. You just went through a divorce. Take, take some time, you know. And that's a friend saying that to you. They're not being mean. Or, 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 hey, maybe, you know, like, you know, you need to not go to the bar every night. Whatever it is. A, a good friend speaks up and says, hey, you, you might, that's going to hurt. And, and, and so we need somebody to offer us both the encouragement, hey, you're doing great, and also, hey, you know, be careful. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Um, to get out of the hospital, I had to walk 100 feet, you know, three or four days after surgery, and I had to climb five stairs. And I did it out of sheer muscle. It was not pretty, and it really hurt, but I wanted to get out of the hospital because hospitals are not safe places. They're good places, but they're not safe places to be. <laughs> we, we're meant to move and get out of there. Um, and now that I've learned how to do some basic things, I've learned how to do all those things much better and without pain. Because muscling your life I is not the way to do it. I, I had to learn to accept help. And our mission starts with helping. And are you on, on mission with God if you're not accepting help and helping people, helping others through accountability and encouragement? So who in your life right now are you accountable to? And who in your, li in your life right now are you um, uh, 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 encouraging? Are you encouraging? And, and, and uh, who are you uh, encouraging, and who are you holding accountable in love? Both are necessary. Y y y friends, we don't come to church just for ourselves. You come to fellowship with the body to encourage and love others, holding them accountability in accountability in love, holding them accountable to do their exercises, to, to read the Bible, to, to, to pray, to give, to, to, to have gospel conversations. We need that accountability to do our exercises so that we can all live and, and walk in freedom the way God has chosen us to do, to be, to be healthy. If our mission is to help people, who are you helping? By speaking the truth, to truth in love to. Who are you helping by encouraging them when life is discouraging? You know, discipling someone requires your presence in their lives 
You, you can't be selfish and be alone and just be to yourself and obey Jesus. I, I just want to be left alone. I, I just want to be left alone, and, and I want to do my own thing. Well, they're not being a disciple of Jesus because that's not what Jesus did, and that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus helped people by coming alongside them in their lives. He did, li- he did life with 12 construction workers, or 12 other guys. Some were construction workers and fishermen, blue-collar guys. He, he did life with them. He, he gave his disciples exercises, things to do, even when he was not with them, that helped them grow stronger. And he checked up with them. He, he tracked their progress. See, discipleship requires presence. You need to make yourself available for other people, and, and, and you need to be available to other people to be a disciple of Jesus. So again, I'm asking you, who's helping you on this journey? And if it's no one, are, are you doing your own vision or are you doing Christ's vision? One more story uh, today to finish up uh, about my experience with surgery. You know, before the, the surgeon could heal me, someone had to come and get me. Like Jesus had to come down from heaven and bring us to the Father to be restored. And there was this tall male nurse, I think he was a nurse or an orderly that came, and he got me and he, he brought me to the OR. And he was very kind and comforting and how he spoke to me. He even joked a bit with me on the way, driving me down there. And when we got in the OR, um, they had to give me an epidural on my back to put my lower half to sleep. And that same tall man had one job. While there was a flurry of activity in the room, he came and put his arms around me and hugged me while they injected my back. This kind man's job was very important because I'm a big guy. And if I flopped off that table, I could have been really hurt. And so could the nurses that I fell on. And so he kept me stable as my lower half became paralyzed. He just put his arms around me and embraced me and kept me stable and calm. And also so I didn't run. Last thing I remember was feeling safe in this kind man's embrace. And then I woke up in recovery. See, discipleship starts by allowing someone else to help us by serving us in love. See, my surgeon did all kinds of amazing things I don't want to know about to heal these legs. But it would not have happened had this man not been obedient to his job and give an embrace that supported me and encouraged me. Jesus is like that kind man to each of us. He came down from heaven to show us the love of his Father, to take away our fears. He is there to hold us up when we can't do it for ourselves so that we can be healed. His presence is the critical care and help we need to get well. I I am sure it was not comfortable for this man to hug this fat, half-naked man sitting on the edge of this table. But that man did his job. We must do our job to help others by offering them stability and encouragement and accountability in their lives. Jesus did his job. It was not comfortable to love us. He who was rich became poor for our sakes. He humbled himself even to death on a disgraceful cross. Shamefully and painfully, he died there for us. But by his wounds friends, we are healed. His death defeated all of your sin. It defeated all of your shame. It it defeated all 
your shame for the sin that's been done to you in this broken world. And he brought you into relationship with God, our creator, so that you could be healed, that you could be transformed. Jesus died on that cross. And then three days later, he walked out of the grave alive again, alive forever, proving he was the ultimate spiritual therapist that could lead us to walk again, to walk in health, not just for a little while, but forever. Jesus has the power to help us recover our lives and pursue God's perfect design for each of our lives. Friends, we cannot do it without his help. Friends, there are people out there right now that can't do it without his help, which comes through you. Without learning to do the basics every day, So you need to learn to do the basics every day so you can teach them to do the basics every day so that you can guide their way with Jesus. Our mission is to be like Jesus, to be kind of like that tall, kind man, to bring stability and encouragement to other people's lives when they're weak and when they are broken down. For us to be a strong and effective church, we need to learn to do the basics. His hug was not hard, but in my case, it was very necessary. The skills of being a disciple, friends, they're not hard. We just need to be faithful to do them, to keep others safe, and to heal them. Today, Jesus wants to come and put his arms around you and stabilize you and to give you peace. You just need to let him, by admitting your sin, admitting your need for help, Friend, you must first receive his help to help others. We love because he first loved us. Today, will you receive his love? Today, will you come admit your sin and brokenness? Admit to him that, hey, I just don't know how to do this on my own. I I need help. I don't know how to walk on my own. Today, will you allow him to come and put his arms around you and just completely cover your sin and your shame? Friends, if you just keep doing it your own way, you'll be hurt and broken. But if you'll humbly come to him, friends, you'll be healed forever. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you and I praise you for your word. It's always true. I thank you that you have given a vision for your church, that we don't have to come up with something new and creative. But, Father, we need to just go back to the basics and do what you've asked us to do. And, Father, I just pray that there be a new spirit in this church, a hunger to learn how to walk more in step with you. Father, if there's anybody today here that has not received you, Lord, or maybe they have received you, but they're, they're still feeling unstable, they're still feeling insecure and like they're going to fall off that table, Father, I just pray that today they, that they would allow you to come and put your arms around them and to hold them up and encourage them and, and to give them that place of safety because, Jesus, you forgive us before we're worthy of it. When we're incompetent, Lord, you come to us. While we're still sinners, you died for us, Lord. So, so Father, come to them right now. Let them know it's going to be okay and that that you're going to do the heavy lifting for them and that you're going to cover them and you're going to care for them. And, Father, let them by faith believe that you have done it all for them and that they just need to trust with you, listen to your words, and step with you each day to take you as their spiritual therapist to listen and follow. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. 
Lord, help us to follow and to fish better in 2023 so that we may help a lost and dying world. We praise you, Jesus. Amen.